listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Friday, the 25th of November 2022. A later blue-collar jobs growth likely to slow. We'll tell you why in a few moments. But first, wages. Seek, the employment website, says advertised salaries across its platform rose 4% annually in October. That's still below the rate of inflation at 7.3%, although lower paid workers are seeing the biggest increase. For more, I spoke earlier with Matt Cowgill, Seek's senior economist. What we measure is the change in advertised salaries, so salaries for jobs newly advertised on Seek. Um, the wage price index measures the change in wages and salaries for all jobs, all jobs that are, you know, that someone is actually doing. So we're picking up the change in just those ads, that, just those jobs that are on the market, those jobs that are actually advertised in a given month. Um, we think that our measure is uh, responds more and responds quicker to changes in the economy just because employers are more willing and able to adjust the pay that they're offering to prospective new starters than they are to raise or especially cut the pay that they pay to to existing staff. So our pay, our measure is a kind of a leading indicator of what might happen to the ABS wage price. But what, what do you think the RBA thinks about the, the pace of wages growth at the moment, according to your numbers too? Yeah, so the governor of the Reserve Bank gave a speech the other day where he said that current wages growth is consistent with their inflation target, meaning he doesn't have any worries about the current pace of of wages growth, at least as measured by the ABS uh, wage price index. I think broadly speaking, our measure is also consistent with the inflation target. You think about um, the RBA wants in the long run wages to grow at roughly 2.5%, that's kind of the middle of its inflation target, plus productivity growth. And productivity growth on average is probably going to be somewhere in the 1% to 1.5% per annum range, which means that wages growth somewhere in that kind of mid threes, maybe up to 4% range is is consistent with the Reserve Bank's target. We're seeing advertised salary growth at 4%. I don't think that that would give the bank any great concerns. If it did shoot up significantly faster than that, that might be a cause for concern uh, as far as the inflation outlook goes. Run us through, though, uh, according to your index, where the biggest growth in salaries are being seen. We've seen, on average, that the lowest paid jobs have seen the biggest rise in advertised salaries over the last year. So it's kind of the bottom end of the labour market that has been booming the most and has experienced the biggest rise in advertised salaries. When we divide uh, jobs on SEEK into kind of five salary bands, five groups, um, it's the lowest fifth of jobs they saw their advertised salaries grow by 4.8% on average in the year to October compared to 4% overall, so growing most at the bottom end. Part of that is about the Fair Work Commission decision that took effect from a few months ago um, that did result in relatively large increases uh, in pay for a range of low-paid industries, Um, but it also reflects the fact that demand for workers in relatively low-paid industries has been running really hot. Um, in the last year or so. So if we look at the number of job ads on seat, it's absolutely boomed in industries like hospitality, for example.
That's Matt Cowgill there from Seek. Now, some of those numbers he's referring to, trades and services, that industry uh, saw the best increase in advertised salaries on the Seek website, up 6.2% in October annually, followed by administration and office and support. But it seems like some of those blue-collar jobs may start to see a bit of a slowdown in growth after a record-breaking 2022 financial year. White-collar jobs growth will moderate, but blue-collar jobs will slow even more. That's according to Deloitte Access Economics. For more, I spoke with its partner, David Rumbins. David, how would you describe the state of the labour market? Look, the the labour market is still very strong at the moment. We've got 3.4% unemployment, a a record low in, in the modern era, uh, we've got a lot of job vacancies, still n- nearly as many as there are uh, unemployed people. So it's it's still tight. A lot of businesses are seeking workers, but uh, the growth in employment has slowed down. So so we are approaching a turning point. Only 30,000 jobs additional in the past four months compared with 150,000 the four months prior. So that slowdown, what kind of jobs are being affected the most and why? Look, we're starting to see it's affecting blue-collar jobs uh, at first. So so in construction, manufacturing, transport, that's the areas that's starting to slow and, and, and we think will perhaps slow down to, to next to zero job growth over the next year. So areas like resi construction, it's been supply constrained. It hasn't been able to get additional workers. It's moving into a phase where it might be demand constrained because we can see building approvals are turning down new residential loans are turning down. So that blue-collar workforce, there's some weakness. The other area is the credit-sensitive parts of the economy in in the white-collar workforce. So finance and insurance uh, might be the the most affected uh, in the short term. So what does that mean for the economy? Because I guess what you're saying, it's not necessarily that um, there's not the availability of workers. It's just that the economy may be slowing down. So the demand for those kind of blue-collar work isn't there. Is that right? Yeah, look, we're going from supply constraints to, to uh, in some cases, having some problems with demand. So we can think of the demand for jobs almost as a symptom of what's happening in the broader economy. If you lift interest rates seven times in a row, you know you will have an effect. So some businesses will not hire when, when they otherwise would have. Some people will not spend. When, when they otherwise would have. So it's really a symptom of those rate rises and the slowing global economy means that in some cases there won't be as strong demand for labour as there has been. Um, where do you see the unemployment rate going and how will that impact the direction of interest rates? The unemployment rate is likely to head up. Um, you know, we would expect this time next year would be above 4% you know, in, in, in the low fours. That's still historically pretty low, but it's consistent with an environment where we're getting slower jobs growth. So, so jobs growth probably won't be sufficient to, to stop the unemployment rate moving up. Now, if it gets to around 4%, that's probably consistent with the Reserve Bank's action where it's looking to slow the economy, uh, get on top of inflation without you know, crashing the economy completely. Uh, if the unemployment rate were to you know, not move up as much, if we had more you know, a stronger labour market again, more spillover into wages, well, that might mean the Reserve Bank after its its current rate of rate rises, you know, might have to go again next year and, and, and do another set. What about the overseas migration story? We're still waiting to see a, a significant return. How will that impact the jobs market? Look, it's going to be important, particularly in skill shortages in, in certain areas. So even though we're getting slower employment growth, we've still got uh, shortages in areas that are really hard to fill. And that's still going to be true in 12 months. And, and even if we get 
um, a, a decent amount of migration. That migration is the best chance to fill a number of those skill shortages in in time. Uh, in some sectors, it's not even skilled workers; it's you know it's unskilled workers or, or less skilled workers in areas like agriculture, retail, hospitality. Um, that where you know a migrant or or student or backpacker workforce has been important. So, getting those um, cohorts back into the country will be important to, to fill gaps in a lot of sectors. That was David Rumbins there from. Deloitte Access Economics. Now to the Australian share market, which rose. There wasn't a lot of activity because of the public holiday in the US, the Thanksgiving Day public holiday. The 200 up 0.2%, 7,259. For more, I spoke earlier with Jamie Hanna from Vanek. Jamie, with the US closed overnight, what drove shares today and where did we see the biggest movements? Yes, well, generally when the US is closed, the, the turnover on the Australian market's considerably less, and, and that plays out through a lot of Asia as well. Today, we're seeing banks and, and the property sector up a little bit today. Um, they're not big, big gains by any means, um, and they're partly offset by some falls in lithium stocks um, overnight. Um, and, and this morning, uh, China announced that their registrations for new electric vehicles were down by about 20%. So that's obviously a expectation that uh, the fall in electric vehicles will be um, picking up. So as a result, batteries might not be needed and uh, electric vehicle um, manufacturing could be down. So, you know, that's dragging on our market. Overall, we're relatively flat when the US is closed. As I said, we don't generally get a lot of movement in the Australian market. Some of the themes impacting the market this week and I guess into the future, interest rates. The US may finally start pulling back on those aggressive paces of rate rises. But earlier in the week, we saw the bank, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand still lift pretty hard. What's your take on what's happening here and the implication for shares? Yeah, so, I mean, first of all, there is talk in the US. Um, certainly certain members of the Fed are, are looking, are talking down a, a 75 basis point rate rise. Um, I would probably expect the market at the moment is pricing in about 0.5%. So assuming, um, you know, they raise by 0.5%, the market will stay relatively steady. Um, that said, in Australia as well, there's certainly going to be further rate rises in early December. Um, we're not on top of inflation at the moment. So we would expect at least 0.25% in Australia. The U, uh, talking about New Zealand, though, they obviously raised by 0.75%, but they actually have three months until their next meeting, which is on the 22nd of February. So with a three-month lag, in you know, they have got a bit of extra time. So they thought they'd obviously raise by a, a, a bigger amount. In Australia and the US, we only have a two-month um, wait between our meetings. So I would expect that, you know, assuming that we hit, you know, 0.5% in the US and 0.25% in Australia, the markets will continue as they are at the moment. That's right, because the Reserve Bank meets in a couple of weeks and then takes a break in, uh, in January. I guess the other macro theme is China. One minute the market is optimistic about its reopening. Then there are more COVID cases and, and restrictions. How's this playing out on the market? Yes, look, I mean, China's a bit of a story of two steps forward, one step back at the moment. Um, at the start of the month, China was up. Now it's pulled back. It's really a matter of uh, lockdowns affecting the country. At the moment, it's about 50% of the country by GDP um, is in some form of lockdown, either medium or high risk lockdowns. So it's impacting, it's impacting the economy and it's impacting the underlying share market. So we look at the broader Chinese market for the year, it's down about 25%. 
Um, and unless they're looking to change some of their policies and, and open back up, it's hard to see that China is going to strongly bounce back in the short term. So there's going to be continued volatility as these lockdowns come and go. I'd expect by the second half of next year, though, we should be seeing some um, solid changes, um, which should impact the market positively. With a, a lack of um, local news and economic data, I guess we're looking to one thing that's really all over the place, and that's a Black Friday sales. Do you think consumers will actually open their wallets given the rising cost of living? And what is your view of the retailers? Well, Harvey Norman came out today saying that they're, they're looking pretty stable on their earnings. So, And we're certainly seeing a bit of that coming through in the US as well as some of the retailers have actually posted reasonable results. This kind of means two things. One, we already know that uh, consumers around the world have increased their savings over the, the COVID era. But this is also showing that the, uh, the interest rate rises which are coming through aren't really impacting the bottom line yet. So economically speaking, things aren't necessarily slowing as fast as some of the central banks would like. I'd expect that, you know, we're going to see some relatively solid um, Black Friday sales coming through as people look to capitalise coming into Christmas, taking advantage of the deals and using some of the savings that they've built up. Um, that being said, you know, long term, I think next year we're going to see, you know, some risk of a recession coming through. And this is this is part of the uh, underlying focus of a cycle. So at the moment, I think the sales are going to continue to be strong. That is Jamie Hanna there from Van Eck. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.